Hello and welcome back to The Culture. Uh, my name is Anna and this is Mark and today we are going to be covering a new group. Well, I guess it's not new but new to you guys. Um, and this group is really funky. Funky. Yeah. Funky cool? Uh, you'll see. I'll, I'll let you decide that. So, um, okay, a little backstory on why I chose this. So I decided to look into this group because when I was in college, in one of my religious studies courses, my professor was like, okay, everyone, your assignment, your like, you know, big assignment of your semester is to go to a religious group that you are not a member of and be a participant uh, observer. So I chose a random group that I'm not a member of. I'll t talk about that another time. But one of the guys in my class chose this group, and this group is called Thelema. Have you ever heard of Thelema? No. Okay. Thelma and Louise does not ring a bell. <laughs> but wait, why? Wouldn't they? Wasn't he like trying to get you to pick like we talked like a mainstream like religion? Uh, well, it was whatever you wanted. Okay. Yeah. So there was a lot of freedom. So he knew giving this assignment that people might end up in some pretty weird spots. Right. Well, this guy, the guy who um, came and talked about his experience with Thelema, he was a grad student in our program. So he was above us. We were undergrads. So he knew more what he was getting into than us little newbies. Got it. And yeah. Professor probably would have steered you away from going to this group. Yes, most okay. likely. This is the advanced. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> so anyways, this guy, Sam, I was in class with, he talks about this whole experience going down to LA. He goes in some weird sketchy building um, in some like strip mall. And there were people dressed in cloaks and weird chanting. And so we're going to get into it. But this is kind of like why <laughs> I'm interested in this one. This is not the kiddie pool anymore no i feel like this is getting adult real quick <laughs> oh yeah actually um i want to give a little uh notice <laughs> yeah disclaimer. some disclaimer this is going to get probably r-rated at some point so just so you know if oh. you're listening with kiddos or teens maybe uh you know make wise decisions. Maybe I should go. I think <laughs> I might be too young for this. Yeah, I'm definitely going to scandalize you right now. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Let's start out in the beginning as usual with our founder. Can I get a spelling on this real quick? Yeah. Thelema. So it's T-H-E-L-E-M-A. Origin? Um, it's kind of like a weird word that he took from a Greek word, thelo, which means will. Like your will. The will of. Oh yes. My. Okay. Exactly. So he kind of changed it into Thelema. Okay. So who founded this whole group? This guy's name was um, Alistair Crowley. I like that name. Right. Okay. So listen to this. So Alistair was born actually Edward Alexander Crowley in 1875 in England. So we're still in, you know, we're, we're kind of progressing through the timeline, you know, He's born around the advent of spiritualism, you know, but... But we hopped over the pond. Right. We are in England. Yeah. Well, European so, cult action. Okay. So his parents were Christian, and he was just, like, not about that idea. He was too kind of free-spirited and 
wanted to do what he wanted to do, basically. So he was like, not Christianity. Okay, so then he goes to college at Trinity College in Cambridge, and then he goes on this trip to Sweden where he has this revelation that he is to become a spiritual leader, and he changes his name to Alistair. So first transformation, got to get a new name. Okay, here's the thing, though. This is what I was thinking about when I was researching this. I was like, this guy sounds like he sucks. Like, he sounds like the original, like, hipster. Like, I went on study abroad, and now I have a new name. Because Please I'm refer to so, me as this from now I'm on. so enlightened. Sure. <laughs> His friends who came back were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> They're like, uh, K. Edward. Yeah. Eddie, stop. <laughs> Sit down. <Yeah. laughs> so, um... Anyways, so apparently Mr. Crowley was really like, now this is according to his followers, but apparently he was a jack of all trades. This dude did everything. These are the things that they listed that he did. Okay. Natural polymath, meaning I guess he's good at math. I don't really know. Poet, novelist, journalist, mountaineer, explorer, chess player, graphic designer, drug experimenter, prankster, Lover of women, beloved of men, yogi, magician, prophet, early freedom fighter, human rights activist, philosopher, and artist. Why does that sound like my online profile? <laughs> I feel like that's me. Oh, my God. I, again, this just sounds like a guy I would not vibe with. Minus the drugs. Right. Let's just be clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I. Uh, yeah, he does it all. God. I just imagine... I don't know if this is how he was, obviously, but I just imagine a dude that is bragging constantly. Yeah, the one-upper. Yeah, well, I'm a magician yeah. and a yogi, you know. Is there a picture of this guy? Do we have pictures? Yeah, I can show you some pictures. Do you want to see one right now? No. I'll okay, we can show. Just I'll describe, show you describe him. Um, He looks like um a nerdy white dude that likes to dress up in cloaks and stuff. I think he just didn't find, like, D&D. &D. Like, he couldn't LARP, so he made up his own religion. Yeah, he couldn't find his little tribe yet. <laughs> right. So he decided to start his own. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, so in 1904, you know, this is after he's already had his revelation that he's going to be some spiritual leader. He writes this book called The Book of the Law, which is the basis of Thelemic belief. So this is their text. Yes. Well, they have other ones too, but yeah, this is the main one. Okay. Okay. So then in the 1920s, he and his followers moved to Sicily and he opened the Abbey of Thelema, which was, it's, it was basically like called an anti-monastery. So he had all these people come and learn under him and do all this stuff. But he was like, he was weird. Like, I'm sorry. Listen, Thelemites. He was weird. Thelemites. Thelemites, yeah. He painted all these like weird erotic murals on the wall and of these various deities. And like, it was like very, basically this guy was really sexual. Super, super, super sexual. Overtly sexual. Are people living in this anti-monastery? Like, yes. Okay, so it's like a commune sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so... Still there today? No. Well, the building still exists, actually, yes. Can you go inside, or is it like... It's all abandoned, and it's been painted over and stuff, because oh, the people of Sicily were like, 
get the heck out of yeah. here. I mean, that makes sense. It'd just be kind of cool to see, like, I don't know. I feel like old things are always awesome. Right. So Crowley was um, kind of a revolutionary of his time in the sense that he was very kind of, it seems like he was kind of like almost gender fluid and like he was bisexual. He just kind of did whatever. I think that's probably why he didn't align with Christianity very well. He's welcoming of all, of all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think that you, he must, he must have been pretty brave in my opinion to do that at that time for the time period. Right. So that's great. This is where I don't like him. In 1921, he declared himself Ipsissimus, which means beyond the gods. I guess he renamed himself again. <laughs> this guy is <laughs> midlife crisis is get a little bit intense. Right. So then he has this controversy because one of his followers that's living at the Abbey with his wife. So oh, he's the, married. Okay. Yes. So Crowley's married, but he has like polyamorous relationships. So he's married. To, he's been married to several different women at different times, but he also has like side side things. He's a giver. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyways, there's this, some dude, he, he comes and lives at the Abbey with his wife, Betty. Not, not Crowley's wife, this dude's wife. His name, her, her name's Betty. I don't know why I don't remember his name. I just remember Betty. But long story short, Betty's husband dies at the Abbey because they had drank some tainted water from the local like stream or whatever. But she's pissed she's like he died because alistair made him drink some cat blood and she reveals all this stuff in the newspaper in england and so they get kicked out of sicily mm -hmm, by mussolini yeah you don't want to make him mad <laughs> yeah so in 1923 he was expelled from mussolini um sicily by mussolini Sure. Y'all, yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm tired. Okay. Yeah. So um, anyways, he was serving as a medium, I guess. He also made his own form of tarot cards. So it kind of ties Ooh. in with the spiritualism Going stuff. Circle. And because of all this info that was released about him, he was called the wickedest man in the world. He was referred to as that by several outlets, news outlets at the time. So he's getting pretty popular. I mean, he's pretty in, popular. I guess infamous. Yes. Infamous is the right word. So after he gets kicked out of Sicily, where do they go? That's a good question. I'm not 100% sure, um, but I know that he had an estate in, like, Scotland. Um, they were traveling around a lot. Oh, I think he went to uh, Northern Africa, like Egypt, after. I guess. I mean, Sicily, you're right. You're kind yeah, of right he there. just, like, traveled around. Okay. Um, okay. So that's Crowley questions on him things you want to know more about him no i think he <laughs> does it all okay so now let's get into the beliefs of thelema okay so again kind of going back to the meaning of the word thelema it comes from the greek word thelo meaning will now listen we know everybody wants to be a greek and so everybody has to take mm. our words but um you were just there first it's convenience over anything else. But continue. You think you're important. I We're going to fight. Okay. So anyways, um, the law of Thelema, like their main belief is do what thou wilt 
shall be the whole of the law. Do what thou, thou wilt, wilt shall, shall be, be the, the whole, whole of the law. That's their, that's their golden rule. Yep. Basically, do what you want to do. YOLO. Literally. Okay. It's like the, the original Greek, it's YOLO. It's the Greek YOLO. No, it's the poser white boy with okay. the Greek word YOLO. <laughs> hey, however you want to market it. Okay, yeah. So basically, it's kind of like it promotes it like a hedonistic lifestyle. Yeah. Like do what you want to like do. For all. Right. It's like the whole goal is to discover what they call your true will, which is like your path in life. And they think that that's you get there by just no holds barred. Doing well, what they, you feel. they qualify this by saying it's not a license to indulge in any whim, which confuses me. But, but like you're doing a lot of self kind of reflection and work. And like for them in this group that I'm going to talk about, it's a lot of, it seems like this is what it seems like to me. Crowley wanted to do the sexual stuff he wanted to do, and he wanted a reasoning to do it, and so he kind of made one. This gives him free license. Right. And YOLO, dude, do right. what you want. Like, it's, I'm it's all written, about that. It's written down. It's in the, it's in the book. <laughs> right. So I think that it makes sense that probably a lot of the more kind of creative people on the fringe of that time were into this because – then they can do what they want, you know? They have a justification for doing what they exactly. want. Exactly. And I, listen, I'm all about that, like, to an extent. I also believe in serving others, like, doing things for others. But that's just my my personal belief. But I don't really have a problem in someone pursuing their interests to the so it's a pretty extent. it's a pretty short book, then, if this is their thing. <sighs> I, I can't understand what else could be there. Literally, no. Because there's all of this mythology and stuff that they include. So to justify I listen, here we go. So here's the beginning of creation according to Crowley. All right. So he uses it, the names of Egyptian gods and goddesses to exemplify these and personify these ideas that he says are how creation began. So he says that basically space and time collided. But he uses very sexual terms when describing this. So he says, Nuit, or Nuit, I don't know how you say it. That's space. Nuit is space. Nuit is the centripetal energy, infinitely elastic, because it must fit over the hard thrust directed against it, had it, which is time, the centrifugal ever seeking to penetrate the unknown. This is what I mean when I don't know what this means. Like, it's just kind of like mystical jargon to me. It's a sexual creation of the world. Right. Which, I mean, if you really think about it, most mythologies start with some kind of sex myth. Yeah. I mean, it makes it, it's, it's not crazy, but you don't, you know, you don't got to say it like that. <laughs> yeah. You could have said it a little bit cleaner. <laughs> yeah. So then basically, had it and knew it, them creating creation results in the new current of what he calls the okay he divides time up into eons i was gonna say do we have a time how long what's he talking about here how long ago was this i don't know how that's the beginning of time but like he says that we have different eons and right now we are in the eon of horus which is like 
some like winged creature um, in Egyptian mythology. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, this is my problem with this is that he just like mixes and matches no consistency for various religions. Right. Like he's making a stew. Yes. <laughs> he's got a creation story stew going on and just sort of cherry picking his stuff he likes. Yeah, like I I have really tried my hardest to understand this, but I just don't. It's kind of sloppy, right? Like yeah. if you're gonna do it, do it right. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like Okay, so it results in Horus. This is the one that we're in now. Okay, apparently, according to him, different eons have different, like, divine, like, like, focuses. So the first eon was focused on the maternal, like, divinity, which makes sense if you think about history. Like, think about ancestral worship. Like, mm-hmm. they often worshiped the mother figure. Yeah. Right? Then he said the next eon was focused on the the paternal figure. Right. So God That's the Father, common. whatever. That's common too. He says we're in this new eon, the eon of Horus, where we are now focused on what he calls the child. So it's like discovering one's own true will and stuff. Okay. So we're making our way through the eons. Okay, yeah. So we're in we're in Horus now. Okay. So these are all these things he written. He <laughs> he written. He written. No, he didn't. <laughs> he wrote. Woof. Okay. These are all the things he wrote. Now, some Thelemites believe this like to the T. Word for word. They take it literal word. Others take it metaphorically. That's very similar to a lot of other religions. Right. As well, Christianity, so, yeah. there's those new agey Christians that are like, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So there's the same spectrum of Thelemites. So now here's some more kind of basic ideas in their in their beliefs. So there's these two documents called Liber Oz and Liber Duty. Now he's taking Latin words. Okay, here we go. So Liber Oz is like how you are supposed to behave for yourself. So these are the ideas. Live by one's own law. Live in the way that one wills to do. Work, play, and rest as one will. Die when and how one will. Don't know how you can do that. Eat and drink what one will. Live where one will. Move about as one will. Think, speak, write, dress, love, paint, carve as one will. And kill those who would thwart these rights. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> a little left turn there yeah. at the end. Got <laughs> a little violent. Unnecessary. Yeah, but then later it says, like, if you impede on someone else's will, then that's a bad thing, too. So it kind of contradicts each other because they're basically like, you can't kill somebody because then you're impeding on their will. Yeah, I mean, but 90% of that is just, again the eye it's just living for yourself right do what you want which i feel like is super easy to do right and people are like finally i don't have to worry about especially christianity at the time mm-hmm. like do this for others be selfless put yeah. others before yourself this guy's like nah fam do, <laughs> do you <laughs> yeah and right everybody else can go pound salt i don't know like they'll <laughs> figure it out yeah so that's the Libra oz now here's the Libra duty meaning like the duties you have to others and yourself. So the duty is to self is to see yourself as the center of the universe. Easy enough. 
But okay, here's my here's my thing. He's a jack of all trades. He is the center of the universe. True. But imagine imagine if you met someone who believed themselves to be the center of the universe. What level would you hate them? <laughs> well, you've known me for how long? Oh, I should guess I should ask you how that feels. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I th- it would be hard yeah. to be around unless they are sort of inviting you to go along in that world. True. Like, I feel like that's easier to do. It's, it's hard to maintain your groundedness when, yeah, you're with somebody like that. But if you're like, hey, man, hop on the carpet, like, let's go for a ride together, like, yeah. it's all us, then I don't know, maybe it's easier that way. I don't know. Yeah, so... Here's more duty to self. You have to learn about one's true nature. You need to find your path and you need to do your true will. Because the basic idea is if everybody were to do their own will, they would find their will, they would find harmony. But everybody's got to be all in. Yeah. Or at least the community that you're in. Well, he's saying the whole world. Well, that's a a stretch. Right. You're not going to get everyone. (laughs) But I I would imagine if all the communes on board, then you're sitting pretty. Yeah. Okay, so... Then you have the duty to others, which is to eliminate the illusion of separation between yourself and others. Again, this is confusing to me because it's like, am I doing everything for me or am I doing things for others? If I'm eliminating the illusion that I'm separate from others. Yeah, I was all in on this until you started talking about everybody else. (laughs) Right. Right? It was like, it's the me, me, me. And you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm ready to go. And they're like, oh, by the way. By the way, most of this stuff I got from a website called Thelemapedia. So there's a lot of info about this if you have your own pedia. Okay, anyway, so other things you have to do. Avoid interfering with others' wills. Fight when necessary. Recognize the divine nature of other beings. Enlighten others when needed. Relieve suffering of others, but don't pity people. This is very, very hard to follow. Bro. You're telling me. (laughs) That's why it took me over a week (laughs) to research this. Okay, so let's just move on. Basically, you get the point, though, in the sense that it's like... I do, but how do you live? You live the way you want to do. Okay, but your normal life. Like, he's not saying... Oh, they have to do... Well, if you're actually following it, you're going to do a lot of rituals every day. But you can, like, have a job. Yeah. You can function. You're not, like, burlap sacks in a... No. I'm telling you, around the campfire, this is is where I go. So you could be a normal guy. I think so, yeah. So I could pick this up if I'm feeling it. Yeah. Well, because Because the way that this is... (laughs) The way that this is kind of laid out and it will turn into is kind of like a secret fraternal organization. So think Freemasons, but freaky. I don't want to think that. <laughs> and I was just kidding. I don't I don't think I want to join. <laughs> Never mind. I'm out. I want no part of it. So, yeah, you can be a member. No, I cannot. <laughs> no, I'm saying but someone yes, can. I, I get it. Someone could be a member and still live a functional life. So, okay. Right. Like I said, um, they combine the archetypes of various religious traditions. So they... This is early 1900s at this point, by mm-hmm. the time he's up and rocking? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like the ceremony that we're going to talk to you in a minute is called the Gnostic Mass. Gnostic with a G. G-N-O-S-T-I-C. 
okay, which derives itself from Christianity. The structure of the service is similar to a Catholic mass. They take names of Egyptian gods and goddesses. They talk about yoga and they promote yoga. Like this dude literally was like, anything I can get my hands on, I'm putting it in here. Do you think he did some of that for the familiarity of like, well, that's not too far? No, I think actually quite the opposite. I think it was kind of exotic and he was exoticizing these Eastern practices. I mean, maybe for the Catholicism, yes, but like kundalini from yoga and like all these things like he was like look this is the ancient wisdom from india you know what i mean yeah and just generally like why people have done that in especially the 20th century like with the influx of people from different um non-european countries especially into the u.s and england there was a lot more of the exoticizing of those beliefs because they're so foreign yeah and unknown and and now we have more options than christianity in its bajillion forms yeah this is like a different flavor right sometimes you want a little taste got to get them 31 flavors i'm telling you (laughs) this guy's in it baskin robbins um Baskin Robbins sponsor us. No Um, (laughs) So uh, they also tried to argue, though, that there's Thelema in the Bible because it says, thy will be done. And I'm like, not the same. (laughs) That's what they're taking. They didn't finish it, but they didn't (laughs) take that one phrase. I'm like, "Uh, we're talking about God here, not your will. (laughs) Um, Okay, so practices of Thelemites. Besides this big Gnostic mass, which I'll get to in a second, they're supposed to make a daily magical... Magic is with a K here. M-A-G-I-C-K. Okay? I don't know why. It just is the way it is. It's, and oftentimes, it's kind of referred to, like, sex magic and stuff. Hmm. So, they're supposed to make a daily magical diary where they're supposed to re, uh, recount all the rituals that they do each day. Also, they're supposed to say a little prayer or a recit- recitation before eating and they say it is the individual's will to eat and drink in order to fortify his body in order to accomplish the great work. They say that, I guess, before they eat. It's like their prayer. I guess, yeah. Okay, okay so now we're going to talk about this secret fraternity based on Thelema, basically. It's not really a fraternity. It's a religion. It's a religious group. But their practices, like, you have to be initiated, and then you go up and up and up and up the steps based on different initiation rituals. Cool kids club. Sure. You want to be a part of it? Nope. <laughs> um, okay, so this is, the shorthand is called OTO. This is what I'm going to refer to it as. Actually, I don't know if anybody calls it that, but I'm going to call it that. The OTO. OTO. Now, it's also called... Um, the Order of Oriental Templars, Templars, or Order of the Temple of the East. See, this is what I'm Multiple saying names. about the ex- exoticizing of the East. Yeah. Right. It does sound very intense. Right. I just, uh, yeah, okay. So, all right. So, have you seen, I, you probably haven't, but there's a show called Lovecraft Country on HBO. You think I would watch something like that? Okay. No. <laughs> Well, it kind of reminds me of that because in the it, that's a sci-fi show, but um, in there there's this like weird organization that 
practices magic and does all this stuff and it just kind of gives me those vibes so now ways. we're talking cloaks yeah right cloaks yeah. and yeah, we're so now i'm right we're talking about cloaks so this is my but cloak. we're not outside we're in a strip mall somewhere <laughs> okay well that, that we're lose, talking about that loses some of the mysticism. cloaks and candles okay okay all right so the main ritual of oto which is the main group for thelma is the celebration of the gnostic mass Okay, so in structure, this is similar to the Catholic Mass. And the ceremony calls for five officers, a priest, a priestess, a deacon, and two acolytes, meaning like, you know, um, people who are trying to get initiated or learning about it, called children. And then there's also just like participants who are just like there. But you ha to have the Gnostic Mass, you have to have these five people. And then people can watch. Yeah. Okay. So Crowley made this um, into this thing because he said that he said that basically humans need to experience religion and we like it in systematic ways. So in order for people to experience ecstasy, he had to create this religious experience in this fashion. Okay, so inside the building, there has to be four pieces of furniture. So I'm going to paint this picture for you. Okay, we're going to Ikea. Hit me with it. <laughs> so in the, in the front, where this faces Bolskin in Scotland, where, is, where Crowley's estate was, apparently, there is a high altar that is covered in a crimson cloth. Fancy. Are you spooky? Spooky vibes a little? Not yet. Okay. So on top of the high altar, altar there is a two-tiered super altar. <laughs> gets more intense. <laughs> that holds 22 candles. The stele of revealing, which is like, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Is this steel? S-T-E-L-E? Stella? Stele? I don't know. I don't know. It's basically like a, a tablet that said like stele 666. Okay, he, his wife discovered it in Egypt. She had some like revelation that this was the thing she needed to go get. And I, you know what I mean? I just, I, I don't know. Now okay. it's getting creepier. Yeah. Um, which was a funerary st stele for Horus, I guess, from Egypt way back when. Okay, so it's got the stele of revealing. The book of the law has two bunches of roses. And then there's room for the cup, Patton, and the priestess to sit up there too. And this is all... It's like a throne. It's like. all behind a veil. Oh. Oh, yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So that's the high altar in the and front. And the double high altar. <laughs> the super high the altar. The super high altar. <laughs> <laughs> the super mega high <laughs> altar. Okay. So then we have the altar of incense, which is to the west. It's a black altar. Then we have this thing called the font, which is a small circular item, which is able to contain water, like a baptismal font kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they do with the font. And then they have the tomb, which is generally in the shape of an upright coffin. Um, it is a small enclosing space with an entrance that is covered by a veil. And the priest pops out of this. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. This is the magic Heck. influence. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, sorry. 
Woo, okay, so let's talk about the ceremony. Super disrespectful. <laughs> like people's belief Sorry. systems, you shouldn't be laughing at them. Listen, he if wants anybody to wants out. to come to my church and laugh, you are welcome. Um, I think it's fun to make fun. Um, and I can make fun of myself too, so whatever. Anyways, so, okay. <laughs> I'm, ooh, I'm on a giggle train. Okay, hold on. I'm trying to regain my composure. Listen, the priest has popped out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He goes peekaboo. Like a stripper from a cake. <laughs> we are ready for mass. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So here's the ceremony of the introit. <laughs> okay. All right. The congregation enters the temple. The deacon presents the law of Thelema, and the Gnostic creed is recited. The priestess and the children enter from a side room. And this is where the priestess raises the priest from his tomb. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So the priestess is the virgin. You are crying. <laughs> I know, I know. We are going to pull this together and be right back. Okay. And the tears are gone. Anna, are you okay? I'm okay. I had to have a laughing, crying session for a about what three minutes pulled it together i'm here mm -hmm. and we're back breathing yes. yes life is okay yes okay let me let me get all of this straight so middle of this ceremony i think this is more the beginning okay well he has to pop out so mm -hmm. we got he, high altar people are rolling in mm -hmm. show's about to start mm-hmm magic time is now <laughs> yeah. david blaine's about to appear and <laughs> yeah and we're getting ready for Chris this. Chris Angel. Yeah, we're getting ready for this <laughs> ceremony. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be something that turns the table on this little religious experiment here. And it's about to start getting weird. Oh, my God. Yes. It's going to get real weird. Okay. We're weaning me in. Yes. And I don't know that I can handle all of that right now. Okay. It's starting to get to be a lot. Okay. I think I need, you need some, time some to decompression. Process. Yeah, I need to process this altar. <laughs> okay. And the craziness that's happening here. Okay. So then let's pick up uh, next time with the rest of the ceremony and what that all entails. I'm scared, nervous, but kind of excited. You're going to poop yourself. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll prepare for that. <laughs> all right, guys. Catch us next episode on The Culture, where we will finish our episode on Thelema and OTO. Catch you next time.